Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com. Oh, so much to talk about. Boy, the month of July 2015 is shaping up to go down as one of the most bizarre in the last, I don't know, quarter century. 50 years. I mean, really, a lot of bizarre pop culture stuff, sports stuff, political stuff, memorable stuff. Let's get into the football stuff, the basketball stuff as well. Pretty compelling as well with our main man. Uh, well, he, well, he's one of our main men. I don't want to just uh, glibly refer to him as my main man. He's one of our main men, our cadre here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! been a while since you did that one. I know. I caught you by surprise there, Black Tie, behind the glass. I wanted to see if you were in uh, in game form because the season starts sooner than you realize. I am. About 60 days away. Like the next five minutes, though. All right. Sully will be here. All right. I want to I want to kibitz with you. Get your uh, insight on NBA, your beloved uh, pro basketball. Let's say hello to uh, our pal, though, from Dallas, Texas. He's our resident Dallas Cowboys fan. More importantly, you can track down all his fine work. NFL.com. He just ranked the head coaches of the NFL, 1 through 32 with his power rankings. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? Hey, man, I, you know, you and I were just talking off headphones about, uh, off mic, whatever, about one of the big stories. So there's there's two stories that are concerning me right now. One, I want to get you and Black Tie's take on, and that's what went down with the uh, Dallas Mavs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, or, or I guess not really didn't go down with the Dallas Mavs. And the other one is, uh, I mean, dude, Tom Selleck, really? I know. Really? Well, listen, there, there are, like I say, there are many of these that we have to dig into. First of all, though, here around these parts, NFL media, muzzle tub, everyone is extending it to our pal Adam Rank and his lovely bride, Rosie McGee. They have a new baby girl. Very happy for them. Their uh, rank is uh, is spending time, obviously, with baby and mama. And by That's all reports, cool. all is going well. And uh, I know that they've been uh, pining for a little one for some time now. So very happy for them. Hit them up on uh, social media, why don't you? Drop them a line, some uh, some congratulations. And I'm sure they wouldn't be opposed to receiving some scones or I don't know, whatever you want to send over their way, some Thai food, you know. I don't know. That's uh, that's what well, 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 that's your business. What you want to send over to to rank baby and mama. But in the meantime, let's dig into it now. And all right, fine. The other thing, I mean, I say weirdness. I don't even know where to begin. I should have really. There's so many weird stories right now in the world that you. Could, I should have really written them all down so that I didn't leave any out. You know, JPP, and I'm not trying to talk about being glib. I'm certainly not being glib about this, but. Of course, and I don't want to get up on Mount Pius, but 
this is why Mo Damashek always told me, don't play, you're not allowed to play with fireworks. I'm not allowed, wasn't allowed to ride a motorcycle and still I'm not. And I'm not allowed to play with fireworks even at my advanced age. And now we've learned why. CJ Wilson and JPP now really, I mean, I, I assume Wilson's career is in real jeopardy mm. now, but uh, JPP, a fractured thumb on top of it, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, certainly. I have no ability to gauge if he can grab somebody at this but point. But you can go on Twitter and find the medical report. Yeah, I mean, I, that's uh, another that, that outrageous whole... thing that I, I don't know how they're going to explain that one away. And I don't, you know, I mentioned Tom Selleck. Like, that just, you know, I've come on here before and talked about the uh, California drought, the water supply. People need to know about it. But come on, man. Seriously? Stealing public water? I mean, that's me. What was Selig most- doing? What was Magnum P.I. doing? He was pulling up a truck to yes. fountains and stealing the water out of them? I mean, that's as bo- that's almost as bizarre as what happened with the Clippers and Mavs. So I, I want to get you guys' perspective because I feel like I get on the back end of this. As Black Tie mentioned, I didn't tweet about the NBA season until there were five minutes left to go in the NBA Finals. <laughs> So, what happened? Well, listen, as I'm sure sports fans are aware, DeAndre Jordan agreed a handful of days ago uh, ago to sign with the Dallas Mavericks four years, $80 million. This seemed like the death knell of this little, uh, you know, halcyon run for for the Clips. Clippers. Um, you figure, well, that's the end of that. And DeAndre really screwed the team, not only by leaving them, but by taking long enough that it prevented the Clippers from chasing alternatives like T- Tyson Chandler mm-hmm. and Robin Lopez. I mean, you know, second-rate options, but still would be fine. You know, would, would, they'd still be in the mix, you would uh, you would think, in the West. So, I, I that, and then it comes out that he's – He reached the, out. Chris Paul hurt his feelings, was oh, yeah. yelling at him too yeah. much, and uh, so that wounded him, and that's why he wanted to go to the. He didn't feel he didn't feel the story is he didn't feel enough attention, he didn't feel his love because the Mavs sent out Chandler Parsons, who's like the big boy recruiter in the NBA. Apparently, he's a small forward and a recruiter, um, and the Clippers didn't send anybody out to get him during their original free agency visits, and then. He essentially had to buy his remorse, and then he reached out to Doc, and Blake is his best friend, and it's like, guys, you know, like, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm going to come back, and then Blake apparently took that information, went back to the Clippers organizations, like, hey guys, we have a chance to get him back. Chris Paul got off his banana boat in the Bahamas, which it was where he was at with LeBron. This is going to be life. the greatest story out of context twenty years from now. Oh, so Chris Paul got off his banana <laughs> in uh, his giant banana. <laughs> That he was on with LeBron James and, uh, and Gabriel Union and Dwayne Wade. It was, it was so epic. And then the 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 emoji battle of twenty. That's the part. That's the piece of this that I love. Took I mean, off. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, that that was nothing compared to Chris Broussard v. Mark Cuban oh, on Thursday morning. That's even better. <laughs> Chris Broussard, who is infamous for saying that Jason Collins walks an open rebellion to God. So I, you know, I you know, sort of frown on Chris Broussard forevermore for making such a statement. And then Mark Cuban, though, is it, I mean, it really sounded like I compare it to, so DeAndre is in his house and he's holed up in there with these Clippers visitors, CP3, Blake Griffin. Paul Parrish, J.J. Redick. Oh, Redick was there? Oh, well. yeah. Redick, yo, Chandler Parsons. Was started Doc there? there? It was there. He was there when he signed the papers. Chandler is the one who started the emoji battle. He put a plain emoji, and then J.J. Redick, who's in apparently in in Dallas or so Houston, he sends out a car emoji, and then Blake gets on his plane, helicopter, and car emoji. Oh, of course, Kobe chimes in, and you know what Kobe chimes in with? Five rings, because that's Kobe's response to everything. Hey, Kobe, you don't have friends. It doesn't matter. Banners. I got five rings. <laughs> I mean, this Tony is Romo so. Act too. I know Great. Tony. Ro- Listen, everybody got in on the act. If you didn't get in on the act, then I assume you're not on uh, on social media because some everybody had something to say about this. You know, on one hand, so the Clippers, his old pals, are sort of holding him hostage, yep. or then DeAndre, and then no, no, they're not holding him against his will. Which actually people feel obliged to state public. No, he's not actually being restrained physically or otherwise. Yeah, but where no, he wants it was Mark Cuban couldn't find his address. Yeah, so then it's kind of like so DeAndre Jordan like, oh guys, help me here. I need your help. I'm rudderless, and I they're 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 surrounding him in a support group. So then it's sort of like one of those scenes from Jerry Maguire with all the the uh, the older lady single ladies who are are lamenting their situation like we're here for you DeAndre 
kind of thing. And then on the other hand, Mark Cuban's out on uh, like peering up over the fence, like uh, like uh, uh, in Cape Fear, like Robert De Niro looking over the wall, and he's coveting Juliet Lewis, aka DeAndre Jordan. And Nick Nolte slash CP3 is like, get out of here, you SOB. You're not welcome. I mean, what weirdness. And this is all for DeAndre Jordan, has De- who is very CP3. good. DeAndre Jordan is good. He's very good. He's a, He should have been an all-star the last couple of years. But, I mean, it's DeAndre Jordan, everybody. This is not. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm, question. I'm I lost. Would, I would, that would be a lot funnier if I got your movie references. But yeah, I was going to say, is Black Tie seen Cape Fear? That's what I wanted oh, to know. There's no, there's no, no, no chance. I don't even bother to ask. But, all right, now that we're on it, has Black Tie ever seen either, I mean, as, as if Black Tie knows that there's an original uh, a, a version of Cape Fear that was uh, redone by Nolte and De Niro? No chance. And before we ask, I've also never seen. Well, I've seen parts of Jerry Maguire. That's not true. I seen How did you not well, see Jerry Maguire? That's a Tom Cruise movie. No, I actually did watch it, and I'm not a big Tom. Cruise Two guy. things against it for uh, in in Black Tie's book. There's he doesn't like Tom Cruise. He doesn't think he's a good enough actor. Okay. <laughs> I don't buy Tom Cruise roles. I'm sorry. He doesn't buy them. That's right. Those are like five two. Well, that's I don't also know why I don't know how that because he's portrayed. He's portrayed. Yeah, dude, you like need to see Risky Business because that's his best. I am going to see Top Gun. You know, Rain Man was on the other day. Rain That's Man. outstanding. Rain Man's good. You know, he can be good in some movies, uh, uh, Cruz. He but, was good. All the Right Moves is my personal favorite. The Steel Town. I was just Hard about Boy to ask you that. That's, your, that's your top Tom Cruise movie? Well, because. Top three. Give me your top three Cruise movies. Well, you're really putting me on the spot because I, I, haven't, given it, uh, I haven't given it proper time to consider but let me let me try to see what i can come up with here none of the mission impossibles i mean the mission impossible mission impossible three is that the one that was not so bad with uh philip seymour hoffman whichever one that was that was okay but that wasn't really good that was three yes rain man is a good picture uh oh um the uh you know pool uh color of money I think, I'd, I think I'd have to throw the firm in there. I thought he was pretty pretty doggone good in the firm. He gets into a it. phase in his life that is unbroken now. I think he's probably 20 to 25 movies into this uh, remarkable streak in which he runs full speed at least once in every one of those <laughs> movies. And it's weird because Black Tie says that he's five foot two, and he's exactly right. There is something about he's got that little guy run. It's a little too intense, and he puffs his chest out, and he's if somehow he must be like a rider in his thing. Same as John Travolta dances in every movie. uh, Tom Cruise runs in every. You're saying Tom Cruise? He's a good runner, though. He's He's a good on-screen mover uh, runner. Muggsy Bogues was five three. He's not actually five two. I've met Tom Cruise. Five four or so. I told you, I've met Tom Cruise face to face. How tall is he? I'm five nine. Is he shorter than me? I'd say he's about your height. Okay. I, I heard he doesn't look people in the eyes. Is that true? Doesn't look five, people seven, in the right? eyes? Yeah. Uh, Feltz no. Ty came in with 5'7". Quite the opposite, uh, uh, Tom Cruise. I met him. I was watching football with a bunch of fellas, the same gang that uh, always watch, used to watch Sunday football games for about a, a dozen years. And there was, uh, you know, there were there was some celebrity star power in there. Some that, uh, or at least one guy, John Hamm, aka Don Draper, coveted by ladies the world over. This is at the height of his Mad Men powers, and we're watching football. But you know, he Hamm is a regular fella. Always walks around in a tatter, tattered St. Louis Cardinals cap, and so on. Sort of guy, just fits in with with the gang. One day he comes over, and we would watch the games generally over at uh, over at Jimmy Kimmel's house. And uh, there was there was a rumor afoot that Tom Cruise might stop by, which I thought was was laughable. I'd forgotten all about it. I'm face to face talking to John Hamm and, you know, therefore the envy of women, like I say, all over the face of the big blue marble. I'm talking to him and over his shoulder, like a light out of the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, emerged a face that stood out from a room of 15 or 20 fellas. It just, he glowed. And I what is that? Chiseled, rugged, you know, handsome, dev, not rugged. I, I take back rugged. Chiseled, though, jawline. 
He had all black on. He just stood out in a way kind of like this is this is derogatory, but kind of like a sore thumb or he was a square peg. That's for sure. He didn't he, he didn't have on a ball cap and uh, whatever. And by the way, it was to watch the Sunday football games. And out here on the West Coast, those run about 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. He showed up at about 345 ready to watch football. I was like, oh, you, you're you're not you, you don't probably watch a whole lot of pro football. do You, you don't sit around with the gang. Was Anthony know? Edwards there? Anthony Edwards was not in attendance on that day. People don't remember that Anthony Edwards was one of the nerds because he doesn't look anything like in Revenge of the Nerds like he does as Goose. Like he totally grew up in that small window That's of right. like three years. That's right. And maybe we should uh, – We should. We might go get him back to 2015. Or yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, we're so DeAndre revisit. Jordan. So anyway, so yeah, I don't know how we got into – Well, how did we veer into – L.A. Harrison, that's how. That's what you need to know. All right, so my question for you guys, second part question is – uh, you know, being from Dallas, we have a different view of Mark Cuban than the rest of the country does. So to you guys, first of all, what is your perception of Cuban? Is there an NFL owner that's like Mark Cuban? I mean, I guess your guy, Jerry Jones, is the closest to him, right? I mean, he's a... Uh... I'm asking you. Well, Mark Cuban is a self-made man, of course. Everybody, I'm, uh, I imagine, knows, you know, at least the broad strokes of how he came to be. I like him. I'm biased in his favor because he is like, whose story is this like? He born and raised in Pittsburgh, PA, matriculated at Indiana University, and then went on to unfathomable riches and fame. Oh, no boy. idea. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> no. no. Black idea. tie? Mark Cuban, any NFL owner in the league like um, him? I think Jerry Jones is the easy one. Flamboyant, you know, out there. Well, not necessarily flamboyant, but, you know, public and out there. Um, in his I younger days. Find- yeah. I think you find that more so in the NBA because it's just a league where you're, the individual is. I do the Jags owner though. I think he's gonna, you know, if they ever get a good team, I think it might be. I uh, eh talked to Jerry Jones himself about this a couple of years ago. I asked him about that, uh, you know, in the ballpark of that at least. That you know, what's in the water in Dallas? That the two most demonstrative, sort of outspoken. Uh, guys in you know owners in in sport are Cuban and and Jerry Jones and not unlike uh Cuban Jerry Jones likes to involve himself in personnel decisions interesting by the way we haven't heard a whole lot of complaints out of Cowboys fans or the GMs around pro football about Jerry Jones meddling in uh, football affairs anymore since uh, the Cowboys win the division and uh, don't seem to make a whole lot of bad decisions no. although no. it is going to be very I mean that's a sidetrack that's way down on uh, amidst all the craziness that is going on in society but the Orlando McLean re-signing, and now he gets shelved for four. That one may come back to haunt him. He might be, be one too many bad seeds to bring. They they also have Greg Hardy. I know, you know, what's going to happen with him and with uh, Randy Gregory. It's uh, a volatile mix. That's I know it worked in the early 90s for him to have a – No, I, I, I'm with you. By the way, Black Tie just got off headset. Now Orton Tie is on the uh, – or sorry, Fouts Tie is on the uh, – Orton Tie because you want him – because you like his Kyle Orton style mustache. Tommy Tie. Yeah, Tommy Tie. We, we we don't even know what he's called anymore. There goes Black Tie. He's got more important things to do. So now it's Tommy Tie. Um, hey. What's it called in uh, – what's it called in uh, – uh, I can't think of the movie, the submarine movie um, – Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide and Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman always talk about who's got the who's got the he's the XO. Denzel Washington. Who's got the con? Con. I got yeah. the con. Who's yeah. at the con? Tommy's at the con. Hunt, just for the record, Hunt for Red October, far superior movie. Yes. Oh, Tide. I like Crimson no Tide, but nobody's gonna debate that, are Hunt they? for the Red October is one of the best just movies ever. Movies, period. Yep. I'm totally down. Sam Neill, outstanding in that oh, movie. That's incredible. exactly right. Good for you. Very good. Alec Baldwin. Uh, playing the role of Jack Ryan that uh, that uh, Harrison Ford would later inhabit. Maybe we'll have some time to revisit our, I mean, it's still uh, red hot on Twitter, the debate about which human action hero in movie history would win a fight, a, a battle royale. And I have a new one. I have a new one. All right, we're going to get into that, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's finish that. on DeAndre Jordan For sure. real quick. And, you know, I, I wonder, is there in all of pro football history – any comparison to something as loony as this, this, you know, one team, um, you know, encircling a coveted free agent so that the other team can't come in. The game. It really is very, very strange. The thing about DeAndre Jordan and people are saying, well, listen, he violated his contract. You know, he, he made a verbal commitment. He mm-hmm. should be, you know, culpable on some level. I don't know what level that would be, or maybe the Clippers should be fined or something like that by the NBA. 
Of course, that holds no water. The thing is, though, you know, I'm no, I'm no man's man. I mean, maybe deep down. Do you? Hey, Tommy Ty, when you think of a man, when you think of all that defines machismo and rugged manhood, who do you think of? Do you think of Damashek? <sighs> Who's the most macho? Grizzly Adams? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm. How about keep that. it to the? How about keep it to this podcast? This and podcast. the regulars on it. Black tie, handsome Hank, Elliot Harrison, Bucky Brooks, Dave Damashek. Who's the most manly? I gotta go, Bucky. Why? Why? He just he has the voice, the grizzly voice. He's oh. he's bigger than all of you guys. No, he's not. That's a terrible answer. Um, <laughs> he just doesn't like my cowboy boots that I'm wearing. In the no, I love your cowboy yeah, boots. The, I'm from Texas, too. That's the problem. I But DeAndre Jordan did not comport himself like a man. I mean, what what he he refuses to take phone calls. They are, He was about to get paid $80 million by these people, and he won't take their calls now. I'm hiding from them. I don't want to talk to them. I've been in these situations in my life where – I, a couple of times, believe it or not, people have wanted me at the same time to work for them. In Pittsburgh, I've been, you know, I, I almost moved to Pittsburgh to do a radio show, but I was working at the Kimmel show at the time, and I couldn't decide. And night after night, and really it extended into weeks and weeks of debate for me and soliciting opinion of all people and what should I do? Am I better off in Los Angeles or should I go back to Pittsburgh and do a radio show and debating the pros and cons of both? On and on, and you know, it was for a pittance. This wasn't for eighty million dollars. It's all the and same, all but it's all the same stuff. But I, so I don't fault. My point is, I don't fault DeAndre Jordan for being wishy-washy on the subject. I mean, imagine you got you're going to move, you're going to uproot your life, you're going to go have to I mean, just think about it from his perspective. The people were belly aching about this as though it's uh, like a coin flip decision, or is that it? It, it makes. DeAndre Jordan or anyone else, any professional athlete, less than a three-dimensional human being. I mean, at, I'd be, I'm conflicted about what I should eat for lunch every day. You know, imagine I have to go to a whole new team, learn a whole new thing, and I like some of the guys on the team, and we have fun together. And I, But then again, Texas, that's my home. I can get the, uh, the struggle of that and that, they, and that you're essentially jammed to make that call inside of like yep. five or six days is tough. Well, Dallas is a pretty popular destination for players. I mean, people do, I think, want to play for the Mavericks. They do want to play for the Cowboys. Rangers, uh, I think they did when Nolan Ryan was running the ship. Uh, but, you know, you're really bringing in, in all seriousness, something that, that we probably don't talk about enough. But that second contract for NFL players is very similar to this. It's a huge yeah, decision. Because right. that's their... That, you know, what's the average NFL career for even a star player is about 10 years, eight or nine years. For a normal guy, it's like, what is it, three and a half average NFL career. So that second contract, the one that you get in year four or year five, that's when you're going to make your big money. And that's also when you're going to, if you care about such things, your legacy. That's where you're in your prime. You're going to get your stats. That's a stressful decision. If you're a free agent, you're 26 years old and where you're going to go. And we see NFL players do it every single day, and we don't really talk about the stresses associated with that. And a lot of these guys have kids. You know, wh- where am I going to bring my kids? I mean, would you want to move, say, from Dallas to Jacksonville? Would you want to go from Dallas to Tampa? Even these guys like – I'm always you know. fascinated when guys make the announcement, and I think like, oh, you chose that city? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to live in that city now. I'm not going to name any of those cities, but, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it always uh, it always is – um, to me that you, you have, as I say, you know, you have a handful of days to make a major life decision that's mm-hmm. going to shape if you care about, I don't know how much NFL players care as much as we care about legacy and words like that, but it, I mean, you know, that decision defines how you will be recalled by millions upon millions of strangers after you're gone. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's that big a decision. I think uh, Reggie White was a big deal. Peyton Manning obviously was a big free agent chase. I guess college recruiting is about the closest thing in football that I can think, yeah. unless you go back to the 60s. Yeah, but you know, I just realized something. Kind of or the USFL. Come you, to think oh, of it. Yeah, the USFL, huge. they had some good feuds with the NFL. Absolutely. Guys. But I'm going to draw three things together that you've already talked about on the podcast. You mentioned about how July <clears throat> such a bizarre month. This offseason has been bizarre. You talked about how Jerry Jones just doesn't get that same criticism anymore. And you're talking about free agent signings. 
Lyle Collins was a bizarre situation that really we don't know how the Cowboys were able to entice him. But think about this. Yeah, that's right. You're an offensive lineman. You were supposed to go, what, in the top 15 in the draft? Some people thought you were as good as Eric uh, Flowers. They thought you were as good as some of the other guys in the draft. So you choose to go to the team that arguably has the strongest offensive line in the football in football, just resign Doug Free at right tackle. They've got, you know, Tyron Smith, maybe the best left tackle in football at left tackle or one of them. Why did he go there? Why go to a team that you, if you are a 21-year-old kid and you fancy yourself as a top 15 pick, why do you go to a team where you may not even start? What did the Cowboys do to entice him to go there? I know this isn't quite the same thing, but. Well, I think it's interesting that specifically with him, I don't think once guys get into it, when they're 26 or 27, they then get that the NFL and pro sports is is a business and they care less about their childhood um, fandom. Mm-hmm. But I bet you if you gave 20, if you gave all guys a choice coming out of college, where go play wherever you want to, I bet you'd see a lot more people going to the Dallas Cowboys and places like that because they grew up rooting for the star. See, well, then that's, I bet all- you that that had, I bet you that had an inordinate um, amount of, of uh, relevance in, in the decision. Well, then I'm going to turn that one back on you again. If you're a, if you're a kid coming out of college or you're a free agent looking for a second contract, do you go to the team where your childhood was, just like you thought about going back to Pittsburgh to do radio? Well, that's where you're from. Is there a little bit of a fear about, do I really want to work and cover the teams I rooted for, or would I like to keep that separate? I.e., you go work in San Francisco and still remain your Steelers fandom, your Pirates fandom, etc. Yeah, you know, the only thing as far as that goes that's happened to me so far, and I haven't, you know, I... I, I, you cover football as well, and you're a lifelong football fan. And I do remember at the CBS affiliate where I worked when I was in college in Pittsburgh, and I so I was working a lot on the Pirates and so, uh, you know, to the teams I grew up enjoying. Um, and I said, I remember a couple of the sports guys there talking to a couple of the guys doing what I would uh, would have loved to have been in their chairs. I said, so what what advice do you have, whatever? They said, don't go into sports. If you're a sports fan, don't do this for a living. You, you'll just lose your interest in it. You won't. Uh, you won't be able to maintain it. You know, blah blah blah. All the negative things. And I that hasn't happened to me. The th- in fact, the reverse has happened, and it does dilute the experience a little bit. And it's this: I don't. I don't have. I, I haven't lost interest in the Pittsburgh Steelers as a mm-hmm. as an example. Like I still am. That's still my team. But I li- I dislike their rivals a little bit less than I used to because once you start meeting some of those guys if they're nice guys it's it feels weird like I you Ravens are the worst team to ever walk the face of the earth except for the 11 of you that I've met and enjoyed uh kibitzing with you know is you can't it's hard to maintain the bloodlust hatred for for uh for a team filled with uh with some nice guys yeah you know in 98, I had gotten my degree from North Texas. I got a business degree, and I interviewed with the Cowboys as an intern. Uh, I mean, literally, I'm fresh out of college. In fact, I didn't even have my degree yet. I was a month away from <laughs> graduating. And a friend of mine's boyfriend did get a marketing job with them. And it didn't seem like he really liked them as much anymore. And not because they were doing anything wrong. It's just when you work for a team, your fandom, and I, that concerned me a little bit at the time because I'd been a Cowboys fan my entire life, and I ended up uh, not doing the internship or whatever, but I always wondered what would have happened if I As long as you remember, as long, you know, you and I aren't working, Elliot. We're, yeah. we're, we're flapping our gums about football. The, and if, now we, if you were doing an accounting job, I bet you would start to resent them like you do any job, but this ain't work. We're sitting around and yapping and recklessly speculating about what we think is going to happen in 2015. And let's talk about that really quickly. But by the way, I did write this down just a second ago. I, we had a ledger, a tale of the tape. What is the weirder decade so far, or just the last couple of years? The So I mean, actually, in the last couple of months, we now have in this, it is the law of the land, gay marriage. We now have as you say, Tom Selleck stealing water is a, is a weird thing. DeAndre Jordan was held hostage. Um, I'm trying to summon all the weird thing. I can't. I can't uh, think the of firecracker all firecracker incidents. Firecrackers uh, taking off the digits of NFL football players. There are many weird things. Is does all this amount to weirder stuff 
than the 90s that had O.J. Simpson no. on trial. I mean, that's that's pretty weird. And I think the weirdest sports story still, above all, of all is Tanya Harding, the figure skater, hired a hitman to kneecap her foe. I mean, I you can't beat that one. That This DeAndre Jordan story goes down in the annals, but it's still not weirder than Tanya Harding kneecapping. Um, wasn't that the name? same? Wasn't that around 93, like the same year as OJ? I think that was 94. Uh, yeah. And you had Joey Buttafuoco. You had Kerry, uh, Kurt Cobain that year. I mean, that, that was a lot of major stuff about so I think ago. So I think if we're in the right ballpark, I'm going to say that the early 90s maintained the, the crown. But uh, you know what? 90, I mean, uh, 20, uh, 95, 2015. I'm 20 years uh, <laughs> yeah. confused. 2015 still is in the running. It's not uh, It's not done yet. We still- yeah, in 95, Eric Pegram was your lead running back. Think about that. Yeah, well, hey, didn't uh, keep the Pittsburgh Steelers from going to the Super Bowl. All right, so listen, where they lost to your Dallas Cowboys, as I think you know. Hey, so the uh, 2014 into 2015, the top 100 list has now been fully unveiled. J.J. Watt, if you missed it, finished at number one, just ahead of Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP of the league. If it were up to me, I would probably go Aaron Rodgers, but you're splitting hairs between one and two there. Overall, EH, did you get a look at this? Did you feel okay with it? How did you feel? I think a lot of people feel DeMarco Murray was a little high there at number four overall in all the NFL. Anything jump out at you about uh, this particular list? Well, just the DeMarco Murray, the only part that jumps out at me is, okay, the MVP voting went Rodgers one, Watt two, Romo three. So Watt finished one. Rodgers finishes two and Romo finishes 34th. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, that is great. Anybody who thinks DeMarco Murray is better than Tony Romo is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I don't care that Tony Romo didn't make the top 10. In fact, I wouldn't even myself. I, you know, I'm a big uh, believer in him. I wouldn't put Tony Romo anywhere in the, near the top 10. I think he's a top 20 guy. Uh, but there's no way DeMarco Murray would make my top 20. No way. Not even close, honestly. Well, the charge against DeMarco Murray, the people who are detractors here of him at number four, are saying, well, he got to run behind that great offensive line, and true enough, he did, and it's hard to knock a guy for being hugely productive in a in a good situation. It's not a, uh, a negative. But what do you – who do you uh, – as we get, you know, now about two months away – the buzz is, you know, people go back and forth. Randall, is it going to be? Is it going to be McFadden? What do you think is going to happen with that run game this year? Well, a couple things. Uh, I just criticized Murray. I should say, I believe Murray led the NFL in yards after contact. That's no joke. I mean, DeMarco Murray can play. I just want to see it for more than one year. You know, I mean, look at DeMarco Murray's other years in the league. He had like a 1,030-yard season and nothing else that's to, to speak highly of. So let's see him do it more than one year. That said, <clears throat> there are other running backs – if, if Randall can keep his head on straight, the guy averaged over six yards a carry in spot duty. He's explosive. Uh, McFadden, you know, I know everyone loves to belittle Darren McFadden, but when Darren McFadden has been healthy in his career, he has been awfully productive uh, early on. Maybe that, that era is gone for him. Either way, if Randall can be the player they think he is, it doesn't matter. They don't need McFadden to be a 1,000-yard back. They need McFadden to be a 550-yard change of pace guy. And then you have Lance Dunbar, who I know Cowboy fans are very big on. I think Lance Dunbar, you're going to see them use him a lot. In third down, they may run him out of the slot as a receiver. I could see them doing all sorts of things with him. So I think they're going to be just fine. But to go back to your original query about, you know, what do you think of the rankings? The Romo-Murray uh, thing is one thing. The fact that neither Patrick – or excuse me, that neither Richard Sherman or Darrell Revis made the top ten was awfully surprising to me. It's a passing league. And yet, Both there's those guys a, shut down receivers, and maybe a little bit too much respect, in my opinion, for Patrick Peterson. So, oh, right. so it's not like they're sleeping on corners overall because Patrick Peterson still makes the top nineteen ahead of. I mean, I and Patrick Peterson is is dynamite. But is he better still, than Romo? Yeah, I mean, is he better than how about Roethlisberger? How about no. Dominic and Sue? What's the top ten? So it was Watt, Rogers. Read off the top ten. J.J. Watt at one. Rogers, Tom Brady, Demarco Murray. 
Peyton Manning at five is questionable, but it's a lifetime achievement on uh, from his uh, from his NFL peers. Calvin Johnson at six, that's a very questionable one. That I mean, he certainly shouldn't be the highest rated receiver there. He should be behind Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown and Des Bryant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's much question that De- over the last couple of years, Des Bryant and Antonio Brown have been superior to Megatron. But again, reputation. And again, it also proves my longstanding point. The guys who know the least about NFL football are the NFL football players themselves who vote on this list. I mean, look at this. They're this focused on no their sense. job every week. I know. It makes no sense. The same thing is they used to base way too much of the national championship in college football on what the coaches thought. Well, the coaches don't have uh, – this is in before the days of satellites and everything too. How would anyone who's in the Pac-10 have any opinion on what happens in the, in the Big Ten? And vice versa. Yep. They aren't seeing each other. They're coaching on that day. How would they know whether that team's good or not? It is a similar thing. How would these guys not have anything unless they're watching them on Sunday night football? So yeah. Calvin Johnson was six. Andrew Luck, seven. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, eight. Beast Mode, nine. Gronk, ten. I would put Gronk higher. Luck's too high. Luck is too high. He should be behind Roethlisberger, and instead he is 19 spots ahead of Roethlisberger. Luck should be in the 30s. Russell Wilson is 22. Russell Wilson's too high. Luke Keekley at 14 should be a little bit higher. Jamal I'm okay Charles with yeah, at 12. Yeah. Had a fine season again. Le'Veon Bell at 16. I'm not sure that you can justify. I'd put Le'Veon Bell over uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah, it's interesting. Although the suspension is uh, is an issue if you're saying. I mean, listen, yeah. you're not factoring that into the equation. I'm just saying if you were. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on all these. I just thought that Sherman or Revis – I don't care which one. One of those two should be in the top I see, you know, legitimately, the NFL players are the ones who vote on this list, and I feel like it's more name recognition than what uh, than what informed fans would do. The only name that jumps out at you here is Justin Houston at 27. And that, of somebody who's like, yes, of course you have to put him in the top 30. Um if, if you're plugged in at all, if you're watching the games at all, you know mm-hmm. Justin Houston has to be on there. Everybody else is a name recognition thing. It's a it's a lifetime achievement award. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not uh, overwhelmed uh, it, with uh, with how impressed I am by how they did. But Jordy Nelson at 18 is a good call. I'm glad the, that he gets up into the top 20. Um, Where they put Randall Cobb? You know what? I don't have uh, beyond 30 here, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I think he was pretty low down, though. I think he was in the I wanna, 80 I thought, or 90 okay. range, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I think Jordy Nelson's a fantastic player. Uh, fant- he makes it, He's one of those guys that he makes it look easy. I know that Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, but sometimes when Jordy Nelson scores a touchdown, it's like he just kind of runs in the end zone and flips the ball, and it's like he didn't even try anything. But he, he's just very smooth, very smooth. Well, yeah, I mean that the 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 NFL defenses seem to really struggle with one of the most oft recurring plays in the league, which is uh, up the right sideline. Uh, Rodgers drills it about uh, you know twenty five yards or thirty yards up the sideline. Jordy Nelson puts the brakes on the DBs fly by, and he runs the rest of the way into the end zone. Seems like this happens, uh, as I say, once a week at least. Um, Cobb was number one hundred, says uh, says wow. Brandon McGinnis. How about that? Wow. 100. I forgot about that. He should be higher than that. Hey, real quick, though. I, I'm intrigued by this Dallas Cowboys thing. And you started dropping if, and it's something we started to drop last week. Ifs. Answer these ifs for me. The Dallas Cowboys will repeat as the division champions if. What has to happen? What's the big if for the Cowboys this year? It's obviously, you would say, the running game. Is there something I'm missing here? Yes. Either one of their two risks has to pan out. Either Hardy late in the year or or Randy Gregory. And What do they both do? Well, Yeesh. the other piece there, the other if to me, is that you mentioned Rolando McClain. What do they do at linebacker now? You know, the plan was to have Sean Lee – now, now, is Sean Lee going to have to play in the middle because McLean's not there, which is going to keep him away from the position? And what are they going to? How are they going to manage that whole situation? Because, I mean, the Cowboys' offense is legit at this point. I mean, forget the running back for a second. You've got Dez. You already mentioned you think Dez is probably only behind Antonio Brown. Uh, I would agree with that. You still have Witten. 
I think Terrence Williams is going to have a really nice year. I've been waiting. I thought last year was going to be his breakout. And, you know, there are games when he, when he does look yep. great, but then other games where he is non-existent. They just ran the ball too much. Yeah. You know? And then uh, Blonde Rambo out of the slot, man, is is legit too. And Gavin Escobar, who people – There you go. I, I hear some people say, you know, that was a reach by Jair to go and get him. But, you know, he's still young enough, and he's had a couple of flashes there. Yeah, the offense is fine. The defense, it's – I mean, I don't know how you you can question it as long as Rod Marinelli's there because it certainly got better pieces in 2015 than it did last year, and it was a, a capable defense there. The Dallas Cowboys finish last in the division if. Keep it to them, too, because obviously the other teams would have to be good, would, so we're assuming that. I would say if the offensive line – is not as great as we all. How could think that be? Is. Well, it could happen. You know, it could happen. I, I, I just don't see them finishing last. But you know what? I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Or badly. I mean, it's, no, it's I got pretty a better grim one. to say you're going to finish behind DC. How, how about I think this? that team is destined. For how about this? If the O line, things. If the O line badly messes up one play. And Romo takes that hit to his. Ah, uh, that's too easy. I'm going to do that with any team. Or if the quarterback gets hurt, that team's not going to. Well, be but good. wait, but wait a minute. But Romo's had two back surgeries, man. It's a little. It's a little different than it. yes. Any player can get hurt on any play, but back injuries are they in recurring. worse? I know, but Brandon Weeden, I think they could get oh, by boy. with him. Oh boy! Not to talk too much about the Cowboys, but I don't mind talking about the Cowboys. I've been They're digging. I've been digging, and Dallas has been involved in a very odd free agency slash signing situation before. 1965, AFL NFL rivalry still going on. Otis Taylor. Otis Taylor. Yep. Yep. It had him. I believe they had him cordoned off in a hotel. Yeah, room. Yeah, exactly. Quit. And had to jump out a window. He had at to one jump point. out of a window. That's what happened. You know, when you were bringing up, uh, you know, what what in NFL history. It relates to this DeAndre Jordan. That AFL-NFL thing by 1965. It's the closest one. Yeah, it had gotten so bad that you literally had babysitters. You had scouts that would just sit with these yeah, players. Yeah, the babysitter scandal. All doggone day. And finally, that's when the two leagues realized, okay, we have to do something about this. The only guy that really didn't want to do it was Al Davis. Mm-hmm. But they did the joint draft. So when you hear about the merger being in 1970 with the AFC and the NFC, that's true. But the actual draft became merged in 1967. So you still had AFL teams drafting. You still had NFL teams drafting, but they were no longer competing for guys because the salaries went up a ridiculous amount from the early 60s to the mid-60s. And by the mid-60s, I'm talking about Joe Namath, Gail Sayers, Dick Buckus, Otis Taylor. Those were your mid-60s guys. But uh, even then, this DeAndre Jordan. That's interesting because I didn't know the I, – well, although, yeah, I did – that is a great documentary. The series the, – the documentary series about the AFL mm-hmm. is wonderful. It runs, I guess, like once a and year. And then our show, so. Caught in the Draft, too. Yep. There, there's, a great, there's a great segment about that whole era of just all the wackiness that went on. I guess I didn't remember the Otis Taylor thing because Otis Taylor then goes on to score – a big touchdown against the Vikings in the last AFL versus NFL Super Bowl before they actually, um, you know, formally merged. And also, Namath's contract is so wacky, too. That whole thing with the car. Yep, the Cardinals. Green. St. Louis Cardinals yeah. were, were trying to get him. And he is that right? Asking for ridiculous things. And I think he – I, I want to he asked for you know ridiculous amount of money. He goes, right. oh, and I want a uh, 65 convertible Thunderbird right. or whatever it was. The Jets ended up giving it to him on top of employing a couple of his family members on top of it. it yeah, I, that's, I a, just... that's a fun college move is that, right. like, hey, your dad who was your high school coach, you know what, we think he has a, a future at this level too. We're going to make him an yeah. assistant coach as long as you come Come on the payroll. Him. You too. Yeah. That yeah. was that – was, yeah. The closest a bit of that kind of nepotism that always is, uh, uh, I always was amused by was Carson Palmer's brother hanging around on the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> so of all the of all the people under the sun who throw the football, just so happens two of them are brothers, and we want them both on our team. It's a, there's nothing to do with any. It's just that's how good. Uh, what's his name again? Carson's uh, Jordan. Brother? Jordan Paul. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Right. You, yep, Jordan's. Yep, Jordan's uh, that good. He's you good. mentioned the USFL. Uh, I don't know where we, we were either talking off pod or on pod about the USFL, but, but uh, you know, Steve Young's contract was reportedly worth $40 million. At the time, that sounded like – I mean, it, it, it would be the same as if somebody said he's get uh, that a guy just signed a contract for $650 million. I think that's about – 
a good comparison to now. It was like, what? He's making what? That doesn't make any sense. How could he make that much money? I don't think he, I think he collected, what, $5 million of it or something? Yeah, yeah. There was a story, uh, I, I may have shared this before, Gary Plummer told me, played linebacker for the, the Chargers, the 49ers. He had been in the USFL cast off about them being in a bus, the Express, LA Express players, leaving the practice field, and the bus driver just stopped in the middle of the road. And the player's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, I hadn't been paid. So I'm not, tri- I'm not driving to the wherever their office It's almost was. as wacky as that, the, the big bus fiasco in 2000 with the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Oh, right. Hit right. the cop. Yeah. But uh, Steve Young apparently had to get off the bus and go ATM money to get the bus driver paid. So Wait, that, no way. Yeah, that's, that's Steve, what Gary Plummer Steve, told me. You're the one that has all the money for us right that's now. That's what go Gary Plummer it. told me. <laughs> that, that might just be. The my favorite NFL bus story told by the great Gil Brandt in front of Super Bowl ten in Miami, the Dallas Cowboys are on their way to go and play the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they get on the bus. It's in Miami, of course, and the bus driver uh, takes takes his route, and someone who is a, a player. And the Cowboys, who was from the area, said, you're going in the exact wrong direction here. And the guy said, oh, this is my, uh, I think I know the, the bus route to the stadium. They got lost. Somehow they wound up dead-ended somewhere. And they didn't get to the stadium until a little over an hour before the Super Bowl. Imagine that. If that happened now, what would happen? If, if well, uh, um, Yeah, the... Uh, the team's not here yet. Yeah, no, no, they haven't shown up yet for the for the game. One of the teams has yet to arrive. What would what would be going on? If the helicopters flying over the to locate the the bus. Yeah, we, that would obviously never happen thanks to modern technology. I guess but, it's an impossibility that the right. bus would get lost in the first. Yeah, one, there's right? no way, but there would be a lot of people sweating. That's folksy, and I like it. Um, all right, so did we answer the if? Oh no, yeah, I'm not. I'm 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 rejecting your. If, if Tony Romo gets hurt. Yes, okay. if any of the top 20 quarterbacks in the league get hurt, their teams are going to go Fine, fine. Then if, if neither Hardy nor Gregory give them any pass rush punch, I think Philadelphia wins that division. Who do you have right now in the East? Philadelphia, Dallas? Do you have, I mean, the Giants, I think, are going to be right there too, Dave. Boy, I'm having a hard time with, uh, with that division. I have decided so far the update uh, board looks like this. The Texans are going to win the a- AFC South. The Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. The, That's why I have the Chiefs. The Dolphins are going to win the West, uh, the East. Okay, d- disagree with you there. Who do you have there? I have the Patriots still. Okay, fair enough. Have not filled in yet the AFC North. I got Can't the Steelers. Make a decision. I mean, listen, I'd love to take the Steelers here, but I, you know, I don't want to be accused of being a homer hey, and just jumping on. D'Angelo that. Williams produces. If they go one and two, they're fine. One and two. Yeah, I really, I really, I know, but I really dislike the Steelers' schedule this year, and there is one run that I think is as bad as any team has to face, and And it it goes on. And we want to pump up your prediction since you've been so right on the Steelers for the past couple years. We want to be able to promote the fact that this is the day that you're, you're, I have been right. Are you being sarcastic? No, no, no. I'm serious. I like, have. We just I, don't want to. We just don't. Wanna, I told the exact record three years in a row. We don't want to be. I've, I've hit the Steelers. I'm saying right. we just don't want to randomly. I know when people say, "Oh, you're such it. a homer," the Steelers yeah. can do no wrong. Then what, when I said they were going to go eight and eight two straight years, and then they did go eight and eight two straight years, was that a homer pick no. on my part, or was that uh, was that insightful? Um, on the other side, in the West, in the NFC. The Seahawks, I can't uh, justify putting anybody over them. So the Seahawks have to be penned in there. The East, I'm holding out on. The South, I better wait on. That's a tough one. I'm leaning Panthers there. Me but too. But Me I, too. I'm not sure yet. The North, I'll definitely go Packers. But I do think I stand by what I said two months ago. I think the Vikings are going to I was to just play. about to ask you your if scenario. The Minnesota Vikings claim the fifth or sixth seed. If, if I, I mean, it, to, I, I guess it comes down to if they get any production out of any of their pass catchers. Not well, wait, scratch that. That's a little too broad. They have to get a better collective performance from the gang than they got last year. So Mike Wallace, Johnson, those guys. Yes, Kyle Rudolph, and Patterson. Rudin. Yep. Well. 
I don't know if that's going to happen. I know. They can have a guy slide. They can have a guy or two not deliver. But somebody, I know, listen, I know people get excited about Charles Johnson. But they need somebody to rise up. Mike Wallace, this high pedigree guy, had those lost seasons now in Miami. But there's no reason to assume that he can't, in the right situation, get back on track there. Teddy Bridgewater in year Mm -hmm. two, a nice offensive line. I guess the if for them is if they disappoint is uh, is largely on Adrian Peterson because everybody has assumed he's going to walk in and be what he was in 2013. You know, he's a little long in the tooth, but given the fitness. I don't think that the, anybody's assuming that AP's just not going to step in and do the that's, – that's kind of been pushed away. You have a good – All good I've heard is that he's – that you know, well, he's it, the best he's running back right in the NFL. Right now, like, well, he was, yeah, he was the best running back two right. years ago. Well, and the limited you know what, touches in, in preseason. That, but that's, you know what? Hey, if he's a little rusty, you've got a nice little uh, piece there in Jarek McKinnon. I'm not saying he's the same guy. That's a good point. But you, you got to have some depth. It's, it's that simple. Look, all you need is Jared McKinnon to do five or eight carries per game, pop you 30 yards, maybe a couple catches, and you're in business. Um, and then in uh, the division that uh, we're kind of talking about, the NFC East, the only team I know that isn't going to win it is D.C. I just uh, I, yep, I will I agree with you stand there. by that as long as Jay Gruden is the head coach. Besides that, though, I could see the Giants doing it. I could see the Eagles. The Eagles are a fascinating bunch, a fascinating bunch. Let's play the if with them. What's the if? with the Eagles being terrible. I guess you just circle the quarterback position and say if he overestimated, Chip Kelly overestimated what these QBs are capable of. I disagree with you on that one. I think if Bradford gets hurt, I think Mark Sanchez can do a serviceable enough job for that team to go 10-6 and six and win the division. Uh, now, if Sam Bradford stays healthy and plays up to his potential, then I think Philadelphia can be a legitimate threat in the NFC, not just the NFC East. If the, uh, the the if part for the Eagles to tank it, to me, is if that kind of newly contrived defense doesn't work out. That's that's the that's it for me. If Maxwell is worth the with- money they paid him at corner, okay, they lost Trent Cole as one of those mm-hmm. consistent underrated guys that every team wishes they had. Trent Cole. Nobody seems sad to see him go. He goes to Indy. Nobody cares because everybody talks about Frank Gore and Andre Johnson. I've watched the Eagles at least 10 to 12 times a year. Trent Cole can play. You know, I, I just don't know that Connor Barwin's going to be able to come up with the kind of year he did last year. So they that's do, the piece to me. What it seems like Chip Kelly is trying to do is similar to what the team at the other end of the state, Pittsburgh, is trying to do with its defense, which is – and I, I mean, they just seem both teams have gone all in on the premise, we need playmakers, and it might work. You know, that might be the way to do things. The Patriots – aren't haven't been predicated on they're relevant their defense until last year wasn't really top tier but it kept them in games and not because it put up dominant statistical shutdown points per game kind of numbers rather they took the ball away from you Mm -hmm. and in the 21st century the game's more about that anyway yep and so both I feel like that's what they want dynamic playmakers who you know we might get in some shootouts here but if we limit the opportunities that they have by taking away two possessions a game from the other team, then then our team will, as long as we win that, it is an interesting premise. It is, uh, you know, it seems um, crazy and to get away from the basic premise of football. But then on the other hand, the only statistic that they say ever matters is turnovers besides the final score. And it does bear out that if you win the turnover battle, that you win the game almost always. It does seem that way. So maybe that's a, a, it's. Some sort of I don't know who who figured this one out. Uh, put took the hot uh, hot knife through butter, and uh, and figured out. Yep, yeah, who cares if we have uh, if we can if we can shut guys down play after play. It's all we need is one play by uh, one of the, our our uh, DBs mm-hmm. to take the ball away. I mean, it seems like I say Pittsburgh is doing the is using the same approach. But I agree with you. It's not the wide receivers in in Philly. A lot of people are worried about that. Well, they still have Jordan Matthews, who in year two, second half of last year, he started to come on mm-hmm. a bit. Um, Nelson Aguilar is in, is interesting at least. Zach Riley Ertz, Cooper's man. two years away from having a, a good year. So, yeah, yeah, and Ertz is nice. So Ertz uh, can have a big year. He's happy with his girl, Julie Johnston, winning a, winning a World Cup. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I saw the tweets about all Yeah, that. yeah. She's going to put the pressure on. She put the pressure on him. Got a World Cup in Amidst the Amidst all the crazy stuff going on in our society, 
That was the biggest story for at least 72 hours that the U.S. women won the gold medal. I, I mean, I feel like I'm surprised by that. So I'm, there are news stories. So when terrible things happen, sometimes you don't realize in the moment, oh, this is all that's going to be on the news mm-hmm. for the next four days now is this is coverage of this terrible thing that's going on. The, you, this is one of those ones where I'm kind of like, I'm surprised that this is that big a story that the U.S. Aren't they the prohibitive favorite to win it? Well, no, because they haven't won it since '99. So I know, but aren't they claiming their their their? Spot. I know, but are still aren't they still? Isn't U.S. women's soccer head and shoulders above everybody else? Uh, no. I mean, you have oh, Germany in there. Everybody's catching up. Japan I think we'll, is great. No, I think we'll hear more about it until we find out that like MacGyver's running off with sparklets bottles or something, and then then that water story is going to come back to the forefront. I'm telling yeah. you right now, we haven't heard the last of this. No. Um. All right, let's wrap it up. So we so we've been you know listen, it's a July podcast. You know we've covered a lot of ground. That's what we did. Was there structure here? Not a <laughs> lot of it, but so what? It's July. What do you want? We're not in season. We're in the off season. Thanks for joining us. But I do want to. No, no. What are you doing? What what, what is that about, Tommy Ty? Yeah, let's start that again. We're no, I don't want. Time. I won't have you. It's warts and all right now. You don't. You don't no, no, take no. that out. You don't. We're taking that out. What you? I. We're not taking it out. And that's that. And, and it, I didn't say we're wrapping the show up. Turn that off. Yeah, we're wrapping the show. I was about to wrap it up, but before we do, I wanted to talk a little bit about the movie thing. The movie action. Oh, that's right. Who is this name you have, Tommy Ty? It's, again, to revisit where we were last week. A lot of people, a lot of feedback on this podcast we did last week was um, the movie action hero who has to be human and a couple of caveats as well. Can't be a superhero. Too too big a can of worms to open. Right. Just too big. Because Iron Man isn't going to lose. Or Superman isn't going to lose. Superman's not human. So wait, I don't even yeah, know what the I, question is. So, so we who start, wins a fight of all human weapons. movie action? So we're heroes. talking Rambo. Please Jason stop misrepresenting. No weapons. Yes, no weapons. weapons, but no guns. No guns. Okay, so cutlery talking, is allowed. Okay, whips are allowed. Oh, this one's easy. John Wick watched it. Can you, last week. This one's easy. Can you please, Tommy Ty? You're all, you. You don't know what you're doing. You're you're misrepresenting. I'm not. I'm Superman saying. would win. Well, Superman's not human. He's from the planet I realize Krypton. If you no, haven't heard, no, I wasn't saying. I wasn't throwing him in the argument. I was saying that you can't count superheroes. But listen, can you count? Tony Stark is a human being. Bruce yeah. Wayne is a human being. Yeah. I, okay. Fine. But Iron Man. Right, but listen. Stark in the getup is unbeatable by a human. There's nobody going to get get him in that. No right. human can get him, right? Right. All right then. So what are you what are you telling me about? I'm saying that superheroes don't count with weapons. So okay. I was agreeing with you. But then you said no weapons allowed. Does, it's only no guns allowed. Does, no guns. Does Sorry. Dutch get to use the big rope uh, contraption from Predator? Yes, he does. All right, yes, I'm still does. taking Bruce Lee from either Enter the Dragon. Ooh. Or the, uh, I mean, I, I don't even think we brought him up last uh, well, time. Well, I've gotten a lot of heat from martial arts movies fans. Right. They said we... we Chuck uh, Norris. I mean, we kind of... Uh, listen. From Walker, Texas Rangers. Yes. The movie, the TV movie? He's yeah. not... Chuck Norris would not hang. And first of all, Chuck Norris, again, as I've had to remind a lot of people, and they who also threw out, what about Jet Li? Well, Chuck Norris is in a lot of movies, so he counts. What about... No. A lot of people are in a lot of movies. Schwar- uh, Schwarzenegger's in a lot of movies. I didn't just list Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, I listed True. I listed Dutch over John Matrix from Commando. Why? Because who did... Who did uh, uh, Dutch defeat. He beat. He, he beat, beat the hunting alien who the, killed all humans. The big but a taste man on the block. I can't believe. Right. And he and he uh, he beat Carl Weathers in the the arm wrestling at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, Ooh. that told you. That's right a tough. There. That's a tough. What's battle. the matter, Dylan? The CIA has you pushing too many pencils. Get to the chopper. Um, that's later. Creed. Yeah, no, that. If there were any Rocky fighter in it, people tried to throw that at me. I mean, of course, he's a pugilist. They're not gonna hold his own against trained killers. It'd be Thunderlips. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about him. I, I guess <laughs> in his prime Creed or Drago. Cause, and by the way, Juice. Drago was, You're on the Juice, so be it. That's not, you know, I'm not going to. Drago technically that. was a killer, so if Creed can, is out. If you can right. create weapons outside of guns, I might have to take Wormser from Revenge of the Nerds. He did develop that pretty sweet aerodynamic javelin. Now you're being silly. 
Now you're making a mockery <laughs> of a very serious issue. The correct answer in my book is Jason Bourne. Jason I think Bourne. John Wick versus Jason Bourne. No. Yes. How can y'all leave Bruce Lee? I Bruce know, Lee is, is on the is... list. Bruce Lee is fourth overall. Fourth? Yeah. I don't know. Bruce Lee from Enter the Dragon. Do we count? And his character's name in that movie is is properly not a gun. Lee. But people keep saying, why Jack? Why not Jackie Chan? Why not Jet Lee? Because those are people. They're not movie characters. They're, those are people. Those are their names. I'm not listing those people. I'm listening. I'm telling you the character. The answer is Jason Bourne one, Beatrix Kiddo two. I mean, listen. The thing that sets them above all others is that they take on people created specifically to defeat them, and they still and they still win. John that, Wick does the same thing. Stop with your John Wick business. I'm serious. Enough with Wick. They call in everybody and anything to stop him. And he him. shoots everybody. That's no, the, no he doesn't. Guns. Hand-hand combat, too. Well, then uh, you got to give Dutch more credit because yeah. Dutch was fighting something that he didn't know what it was. He right. had to use his environment. Right. Right? He had to fight fear. Roll her out in the mud. Because everyone else got killed around him. What the hell are you? <laughs> Do it! I'm right here! Kill me, I'm here! <laughs> I have... So I go... Bond three, and if we're doing, you know, if I can pick who is Bond, it's going to be Daniel Craig's Bond. Probably is the most okay. effective there. Then I go Bruce Lee, and not Lee from Enter the Dragon. I believe that's where I have him. Okay. And Dutch is in there. Dutch is in like the top eight or nine somewhere. I mean, listen, there are a lot of people in movie history from uh, you know who have done. Oh, I'll tell you who I think I had fourth or five, fourth or fifth. It was Conan the Barbarian. He's no stranger to getting into that ring. You know, his his formative year years are spent pushing the big wheel. That's how he gets all jacked in the first place. Then he gets plucked off the wheel. They say, "Hey, go drop into this uh, this you know this uh, this hole in the ground and fight to the death against people." And they drop all manner of weapons in their form. One day it's two sword things. The next day, it's- sounds like Bane. Drop him in a hole and fight people to the death. Hmm. I mean, do we consider Bane is a good? Uh, is yeah. Actually, should be. Do, do we consider Yoda? But he's not a hero. What about Yoda? Yoda's not Yoda. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> no. What are you talking about? Oh, well, he lifted. The- yeah, Yoda. Yoda is a human being. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I think, he uh, doesn't use weapons. He just uses the Force. And yeah. Picks well, you up I was going to actually, I was going to say Ben Kenobi, but yeah. yeah. Where where did uh, Yoda grow up? Exactly. Was it? I was. I. Th- I don't think it was. I don't think it was in the U.S. I think it was up in Canada. No, I think it grew up in uh, Saskatchewan, kind of no, area. No, he's a Saskatoon. Same small town as Lovey Smith from in Texas. Oh, is that? Yeah, I didn't both. realize that. Wow. What a, what a what a high pair. school that must have been. I know. Jeez. Yoda. Sorry. If you have the force, you can't. I mean, you can't have the force. I'm sorry. Come on. Maybe I could consider Han Solo, but at the end of the day, he right. has a gun. And so I'm he just going to throw in. one out as a dark horse. How about Philo Beto? Philo Beto is a reasonable option. I mean, he, he could go to any factory, fight a dude. Bare knuckle barrel. I mean, he's not going to keep up with the best of the best, but yes, at the back end. But he'd hang in. You know, he could take a, he could take a shot. You know? Oh, definitely. We learned that. We learned that in uh, any which way you can. But follow I, up. It doesn't matter. Jason Bourne is still going to win against all these people. I think. I think so too. I mean, I, I the conver- I mean, the only person who really could hold up with that is he's the- got the thing is he's also got the mind. He knows exactly. He can read your weaknesses. Be- Beatrix a- Kiddo, though, pretty good. By yeah. the way, great she, she, antagonist in any which way you can. That was a tough guy. Any which way you yeah, can. The yeah. dude that he fights and that, I can't remember his name. I can't think of his name either, but he plays the evil general from uh, the Soviet Union who Patrick in, in Swayze kills at yeah. the end of Red Dawn. Yes. Actually, he kills Patrick Swayze as well. And it was a bad move by Swayze at the end of the movie there because he's on the train. They're both on the train mm-hmm. and, he, and he gets behind them. And I think he says, hey, I think Swayze actually says, hey, or something like that. Or you lose, or I don't know, something like, or maybe he just hears the guy, and the guy, so the general from the Soviet Union turns around, and they then shoot each other. Like, Swayze, if you just would have pulled the trigger, you know, I think live. You Lose is actually from... Uh, you uh, Lose. No, it's from another great, Dalton. What about Dalton from... Uh, you Lose. What's yeah. the, the Roadhouse? Well, he's on the list. Dalton's on the list. Yeah, of course, he can take a man's throat. I don't. I don't think I need much Arlie more on the resume Swagger, besides though. that. You didn't count the guy from Shooter. 
I don't I, – I, listen, another thing that I feel like I shouldn't have to say, but I will say, the movie has to reach a certain level in pop culture for it to be cons- – I can't tell – if you take some fringy movie that nobody has seen or some bomb – People have seen Shooter. It's on TV like – This is the Brian most Rolap from meandering podcast I've Brian ever Rolap, been on in uh, <laughs> Big Cheese in, uh, in New York City at the NFL weighed in, and he said, what about uh, – where, where's Jack Reacher on this list? And I said, next to uh, – Next to Airbud Two in the four ninety nine bargain bin at the grocery store, where Jack. I think to, for you guys, the guy has to be able to adapt. He's got to be able to adapt. You know, can you drop this guy into any environment and he survives? That's why John Book from Witness, see, he became Amish to beat the the enemy. You know, Dutch had to adapt. He had to think like the predator. You know, there's hardly any dialogue. Your guy has to adapt. You can't just take a tough guy that can fight. And wow. Bourne knows how long I think he Bourne can run. Is, and, uh, who Bourne has the line where he's he's like he's sitting at the diner and he knows exactly his surroundings. He, you could drop yeah. him in anywhere. He knows he can run five miles. Are those movies any speed. good? I haven't seen them. Oh, they're there's among my favorites. So how many are there? Three? There's well, there's a fourth one that doesn't have Bourne. Matt Damon. Yeah, go sit. I mean, listen. The first. I mean, the, but supposedly he's coming back. Damon. I've heard that, but right. listen. The the first one. And the second one are both dynamite. Both are just great. The third right. one's good, too. I'll, d- I'll download it. I'll oh, download listen. It. You won't be sorry. If you like a good action movie, you're going to really like this. It's not, and it's not, it's not Schwarzenegger, Stallone, as I kill somebody, I deliver a uh, pithy line. Mm-hmm. This is just, this is just him fighting the baddest uh, train killers on the planet. Oh, it's, it's just. Would you uh, consider Dom DeLuise, Captain Chaos, a superhero? Yes. Okay. I love Captain Chaos. All Captain right. Chaos. All right. Let's uh, let's be done then. Thank you, Elliot Harrison, for coming in. Tommy Ty, thanks for coming over. Congratulations to uh, DeAndre Jordan. You had me at hello, DeAndre. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.